Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of Day 4 with the man, Frank Scalish, live and in person at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, 9.30 Eastern Time on a Thursday morning. A Regularly. We call this regularly scheduled programming, Frank. <laughs> it is. It is regularly scheduled programming, and it is a frigid morning here. It yeah, is, it is here, too. It was like 27 degrees this morning. I got to tell you, man, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the not light until 730. I'm feeling Me the too. getting dark at 7. And then I I thought, I was doing a show yesterday with Brett Height, and I thought that we weren't doing daylight savings time, but I guess that doesn't kick in until next year. We are doing daylight savings time, so it's about to get even worse, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm not built for this crap. I, um, yeah, without getting into too much, I, I get the seasonal stuff, man. I get the just kind of funk this time of the year. It's kind of you run through like we've just had a ton of rain. It's dark. It's cold. Not I. You don't want to go out and fish in it. Everything's kind of blown out right now. Massive transitional period. Boat's been in the garage for a couple weeks. At least Just, you have a garage for years. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, I think I think there's a lot of guys that deal with that during the off season. Well, yeah, there is obviously. I mean, we have to, especially up north. Like the other yesterday, not not this morning, the yesterday morning, um, I had three and a half inches of snow on my boat cover. I had to go get brush it all off because it sags the cover, and then if it gets warm and melts, I get puddles in the cover. So I had to go brush it off, and that's like an everyday thing from now until spring. Is every time it snows, I go out, and the first thing I do is. <laughs> take the snow off the cover <laughs> wake up and do it so <clears throat> what are two things that you can do to kind of get out of that little funk one is win a contest and two is drive where it's warm and catch giants uh, which you did both of well you didn't right. win the contest no we've got both so i do want to mention so i have not mentioned this all week but the last time uh we were on the on, on day four we got a great show today what you're going to talk about is your buddy calls or you're jumping oh, in the son. boat your son in this case calls and says, Hey, let's go fishing. And you're looking at uh, a legend full of tackle and a basement full of tackle. And you're going, well, how do I know what I need when I need it to bring it? So I can co-angler team fish, go on this thing without bringing too much and without Correct. leaving something that I need at home. Very, very good topic today. Yeah. And, and we'll get, and I, and I'll, I have explanations for, for everything, rod choices, everything. It'll be, this is going to be really fun. And <laughs> later in the show, we've got Todd from Hydromotive to come and talk high performance, rough water and props. Nice. Do we have any new prop news? Cause we had like a little period there where we're, where you were, you guys did that five blader. Yes, we have we have some news. We we definitely have some news, and um, it'll be exciting to the guys uh, looking for a new wheel. So nice. Uh, so last time we talked, we actually did BTL on a Wednesday, which was last BTL day four on a Wednesday because I was headed to um, a mystery lake somewhere in Texas, Lake with- X. <laughs> well, now nah, Jeffries has Lake. I guess every yeah, it could be Lake X in Texas. Look, okay, uh, Lake Y. With, We're gonna call uh, this Lake Y. Brandon Burks, who is a guy down there. That's what he does for a living. Yeah, that cat's uh, catching them too, dude. Yeah, and there's a number of guys down in Texas that are on this. I call it the Texas Gold Rush. And there's <laughs> kind of a well, there's kind of a band across Texas where there's all these lakes that you wouldn't suspect OH Ivy like, right? Right. 
that with a mix of technology and talented anglers and baits, they've kind of put this piece of the puzzle together and they're freak showing it. Like he's averaging two double digits a day. I mean, there's other guys that are down there that, you know, you know, uh, I see Brett Cannon catching him. We've seen, you know, videos with Millick. There's a, there's a number of big bass kind of specialists and you're, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a pretty penny. It's not, I mean, this is not your $300 a day for six hours guide trip. Like you're talking approaching in some cases, depending on who it is. Right. And, and how big their ego is. It's well into the four figures. I I messed up how I said, I said one was seven zeros last week. It's one with six zeros is a million, but it's four figures would be like over a thousand for the day. Right. Right. So you have to go in. So anyway, Brandon called. He's like, Hey, I had a day off. He's been a listener of BTL. I had him on the show when he caught a world record mean mouth out of OHIV. It didn't count because of an umbrella rig. So I woke up at 2 a.m. and drove. I, I ended up driving. They didn't through. count it because it was on an A rig? Yeah, long story. All right. I don't. And uh, he's like, you got to jump in and, and see what this is all about. It, it's really cool. Uh, it's kind of what I expected. It's very similar to what we're doing with the crappie. We're talking. Uh, we're talking smallish lakes, not what you would roll up and be like, you know, you don't roll up and it doesn't look like Lake Fork or Toledo Bend when you roll up. Right. It's a little more manageable. Yeah. Um, and it is a, it is work, but dude, I kind of got screwed out of the deal because we get, and he goes, it's going to be epic today. And there's just a nice little ripple on the water. Right. We roll up. He's got a, 2022 i think or 21 22 uh nitro he had all the rods and stuff rigged and he i had you know two of my denalis and i said all right and he pulls a bait out i, I won't disclose that bait right now it's pretty common bait yeah, he goes tie this on i'm like cool the only thing we threw all day in one color one bait he said it works i mean you look at his instagram uh the burke uh brandon burke's burke's fishing instagram you could tell it works and like five minutes in and, and it's no secret. It's a, they're forward facing sonar electronics. It's a hundred percent forward facing sonar. And, uh, he's got a kind of a different unit than what I do. He, 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 it's, he runs a Lorance actually, which is impressive. Uh, I would recommend if you're in that and you want to learn forward facing sonar and Lorance, he's a wizard with it. Uh, and he goes to the back and I'm looking at the screen. I'm still trying to decipher because I run a Garmin, right? And I'm like, right. So your, your view is, your view is a little bigger. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm like, uh, that looks like a tank. Like that, that looks like what he said a big one should look like. It's like a ball. You can see a couple little different key details on it. And I say, Hey man, I said, uh, I don't want to be that guy right off the morning. I said, but that <laughs> looks like a giant. And he goes, Oh yeah, that's a giant. Cast see? the bait out there, bring it over the fish. And all of a sudden, here it comes. Whoa, 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 swimming behind this thing. Dude, heart rate skyrockets. Well, yeah, sh- because because every time you get a bite, you're you're thinking double digit. Yeah. I mean, and we've been in there, been there 15 minutes, perfect conditions, skyrockets. I mean, I could feel I'm I'm vibrating and I'm reeling this thing in and I feel it tick it, but it doesn't get it. And he's like, oh dude, yeah, that's a, that's the right one. And I get it all the way to the boat and it just kind of s- just shamus underneath and doesn't eat it. And I'm oh, like, Oh my, my God. So like 20 <laughs> minutes late, I, I mean, dude, I'm like shaking and he's like, Oh dude. Ah. So like 20 minutes late and there's like 
six or seven boats out there and everyone's just doing their own thing. And uh, like 20 minutes later, we find another one. Same thing. Doesn't commit, doesn't commit. And I realized like you are in this thing. You are trophy hunting. The closest thing, and I'm not a hunter, but what I would imagine it would be like trophy uh, sheep hunting, like up in the mountains, right? Like you're there for a A shot. You're yeah. there for a week and you might get a shot at one. Right, right. But even if you don't get one, the fact that you were there and had a had a chance to be in the location of one, like this is this is not a deal if you want to like take your 12-year-old kid and smash him. Oh, this is no. a deal if you want a once in a lifetime shot at a, a PB and it does take skill. Uh mm-hmm. I mean the more familiar you are with the electronics and what you're reading, the better you can take instruction, the better you can cast the more it's well worth a freaking trip if you're wanting a DD. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I was going to say. If you, if you, if you want to catch the fish of a lifetime, it's, it's worth the trip. Right. But there's hours of nothing. So like I've heard guys and I, and, and I've seen guys and I a hundred percent get it. They're like, man, you know, we paid all this money for the trip and, and, and the dude stood there with his hood up staring at a screen. That's that's how these things are. That's how these things are getting caught. Uh, yeah. And it's so like there was a part where I even and I'll tell you what happened later in the day because the wind got up, unfortunately. But anyway, about an hour in we're looking around. And there's one. Crank, crank, crank. And it just goes slack and donk. And I. Oh, my God. I plow it and it comes up. And I mean, it's the biggest fish I've caught in a, in a year. Uh, it was a seven pounder. But when it came up, thankfully. He goes giant because he grabbed the net and I said, no, but a good one. And, you know, he's high fiving and all this stuff and we get it in here. I'll show just a little. There it is right there on the left right there. I mean, that's a it's a pretty dang good fish. Don't that's you think? a good bass, dude. That's a big bass. That's a seven yeah. pounder. Uh, we release it. and He's, you know, I said, be honest. I said, he goes, yeah, it's a little on the small end. He goes, <laughs> he goes that's a that's a good one. He goes, we'll get more. But then all of a sudden. So I've got a seven in the boat. I've had a 10. He had one follow. We've gotten to the point where we're casting to the fish. And then the wind switches and starts blowing 25 miles an hour. And it's white capping out there. He's got a 112 Ultrax. He can't even hold in one spot to get up to it. I mean, Randy Blockett would be really disappointed because it wasn't fishing. It's hunting. You're hunting for these. Well, but yeah, but it's a right. But dude, it's a different game. It's just a different game. Yep. And, and if you think about it, you you're you're doing you're doing one thing and one thing only and that's hunting for the trophy yeah the thing that i like about it is they let them all go that's what i like about it because you know when you go hunting when you shoot your trophy you can't let it go again you Mm -hmm. know what i mean but with fishing you can let it go and you can catch it again later or someone else has an opportunity yeah. So, uh, long story short, we, you know, six hours we went out there, we didn't get a bite. And at like four, he's like, man, I'm going to sit in the truck. We're going to let the wind lay down. I had a hundreds and hundreds of mile drive home. I did it all in one day as a 23 hour day for me. I said, dude, I think I'm going to hit the road because I looked at the weather, sends me a picture of a nine five that he caught at six 30 after the wind laid down. Yeah, yeah. And then uh and then I think either yesterday or two days ago he jacked a twelve and a half. Oh dang, dude. 
out of this lake. I think he went and got it certified. So he, even though there's been bigger fish caught, he went ahead and got it certified. So, uh, Burke's fishing on Instagram. Well, pull, pull, it up, pull it up if you want to pull it up. Yeah, there it is right there. And also on, uh, also on Facebook, but big shout out to Brandon. I hope I get the opportunity to jump in the boat again during his off day. I would drive down there in a heartbeat. And if you're looking for something to do this winter, like I said, this is, I'm going to say it. This is not a family friendly trip. No. This is not a go catch. It's not a trip. You bring your this, child. This is not even go catch five trip, but this you're not is, looking to do that when you go on a no, trip like that. This is B expect to be a little confused at the start standing there for hours and then massive dopamine and adrenaline rushes in small amounts of time knowing that your bait is within a foot of the biggest bass you've ever seen in your life and you will have multiple opportunities for that over the course of the day so it's kind of a cool thing you know um i like the fact that these guys are being responsible with yeah. with it because um i i've seen firsthand um forward facing sonar in action and um you know my 2d fishing is never going to go away because that's how that's how i made my living but um there's definitely something really fun about the forward facing game mm -hmm. i'm using a lorance gen 1 which is comparatively to the new Garmin, there's really not a comparison, but, um, I wanted to get really good on it. And I started, you all know, I started just chasing crappies the beginning of the year. Um, just so I could learn pointing the, pointing the transducer without mm -hmm. thinking about it, scanning without thinking about it. So basically what it becomes like, it's turning your turn signal on in your car when or your truck when you're driving down the road and you got to make a right turn signal you don't stop and think oh i gotta put my turn signal on it's automatic it's just automatic and that's how you have to be with with the with the forward game everything has to be automatic so so when you make your cast you're automatically know exactly where it's got to be um so you can get view of your bait stay on the fish like when you and i went matt the hardest thing in the beginning was when the wind's blowing hard to keep the fish on yep, your and that's, screen that's what we ran ran into when it was yeah. blowing so hard and blow and you know you blow around the fish to get behind it but to keep that fish on the screen and that was the hardest thing for me to figure out yeah. and took the longest actually <laughs> we're not getting into this according to clay it's just like spotlighting big bucks so whatever clay <laughs> I enjoy doing it. You know what? It's Bring the not, hate. It, it's not like spot locking big bucks. Spotlighting. Uh, spotlighting big bucks. It's not like that at all. Yeah, whatever. Um, We're not getting into this. Yeah, we, we fired up on a Thursday. We have contest winners to get to. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we and, had a lot of really good submissions. Yeah, we did. And some of you guys are great, man. I just got to tell you, some of them are great. So, so here's what I did. I I got we're going to have a complete set of DD 22s and Norman fat boys in the new colors for first place, a complete set of both and a complete set of both for second place. So when we announce the winners, email Matt 
your address. So he how many that. is a complete set? That's like a bunch of colors. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I think it's a, a it's either a dozen or a baker's dozen. It's either thirteen or or tw- twelve. And I mean, it'll have like the new color, like envy and stuff. Oh yeah, it. envy's in there. True gizzards in there. Harvest moon. Holy shad. Holy shad's in there. Yeah, they're all in there. And then I and then if I'm not mistaken, um, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna talk about Lurnet today, but that's I think fine. there's a forty I'm just pulling them up. There's yeah, no, that's cool. I think there's a forty percent off on all head and spooks. So jump on that because it's almost it's forty percent off if you got to get your top water line up to snuff. Um, you're not gonna find them cheaper now. But yeah, so the, so so you get a wait DD twenty twos and and fat boys. Okay. Yeah, so you're talking about it's you bonus. know a, a dozen or thirteen baits. All right, we're gonna start it with second place and okay. uh, Frank. Frank, I'll just put it all on you. Frank has reviewed all of the submissions and has selected his top two send hate mail to at yeah, right send hate mail to Frank underscore but it, it's second underscore fishing. We had a lot of great submissions. The first one is a very artistic take. This is second place, correct? But first and second get the same thing. Correct. It's like the tournament where you finish 18th, it pays the same as 40th, and you're like, what the hell? Like you, catch, you, you ever do that where you caught like a four pounder in the last minute and you are just jacked up and then you get in and you get your check and you realize that you had 40th wrapped up at 9 a.m. and all the stressing and moves and hundred dollars worth of gas you burned in the last seven hours got you absolutely zero zero yeah, more so, money. So theoretically, first and second place in this contest is a first place. You tracking? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is drum roll. Make sure I put the right one up. Bingo. That's I believe Brady. Brady, Brady. Brady with a the etching pumpkin, which is very um, artistic and unique. And you are going to get a double set of custom or new colors for DDs and Fat Boys. There you go. I hope you're That's watching, it. Brady. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have. Yeah, I have everyone's contact info, so I'll, I'll send all that over. I'll send them an email, and then I'll send you the. Yeah. And then, for the winner of the day four pumpkin carving contest, Wesley, loaded to the cork with a jumping bass. Uh, really used a lot of the pumpkin well on that. And played on what he knew would be a BTL favorite. That's right. We had we had to do it. He had to get the he had to get the first nod. Now I gotta I I have to be honest. There were a lot of really 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 good entries, and this was very difficult. Um, I love the participation from you guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, you put a lot of work into it. And and it was really a tough decision, honestly. It, it really it really came down to a couple of tiny little factors, and um, it was a tough competition. But it, I appreciate 
the time and energy everybody put into this. We had some guys that actually painted stuff on pumpkins. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, Minnesota Josh put a lot of time into a, a detailed um, carving. Yeah, um, Texas Mike in texas Corbin, right and Jim, so steve all the guys all those guys so it was really it was really um it was tough man and so don't no hard feelings we'll have a million more contests so you guys will all have a chance to win something again i'm just waiting for clay to jump on and say they're the two worst car pumpkins he's ever seen in his life <laughs> you were gonna let it go you gotta <laughs> let it go man <laughs> <laughs> Look All at, right, Frank. Look at Matthew throwing matches uh, in the can. I just, I tell you, it's one of those, it's one of those mornings. It's cold out. It's nasty. You got to drive down to Texas. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go shoot an episode of uh, Trait and Chris's. Nice, Chris and Traits podcast. Nice. The bilge after this, but all right. We are uh, 20 minutes into the show. Let's do something different and actually get into the meat, the main topic before the last 10 minutes. <laughs> right. And then we're, and don't forget to end of the show. We're pulling. Yeah, we got Todd. We got Todd. I see him. He uh, already jumped on. He's going to be hanging out for a while. So perfect. Perfect. So, okay. So as anybody and my son will absolutely attest to this and any of my buddies that own a bass boat will, <laughs> he's calm now, Clay. He's calm, dude. And, and any of my buddies that, that own a bass boat will attest to this. I'm the worst. Um, I'm not the worst non-boater in the world. I'm the worst guy prepping to be a non-boater in the world. Um, I, I have my boat set up to where I have everything I need for any condition change. And um, it's really a hard process for me to gear down to 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 be in someone else's boat because i always think that i forget something and then in some instances i do and then i get irritated because if the person i'm with doesn't have it then then i'm like we're missing something here that we could be really catching fish on so um frankie called me and he and he he lives I am a pain, dude. I know it. I know it. He lives far from me now where we used to live really close. So we were, he was always here and it was a lot of fun for me because he's my, he's one of my best friends in the world. So it was a lot of fun for me. And, um, so <laughs> anyhow, we always have the thing where he's like, Hey dude, dude, let's go fishing. Let's take my boat. And I'm like, mm, I, yeah, I don't know. He, and he's like, Oh, I got, you know, 360 and forward facing and, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know what? I, <laughs> ah. And so it's painful. So, so we decided that because he, he moved and he lives by lakes that I've never been on before and neither has he for that matter. So we, we chose a lake based on wanting to go there. Wait, what's that? I'm just throwing comments up. I know, but I can't, this is just a second. This is just second hand just for the viewers on uh, YouTube. I throw up the good comments. I'm really not that upset at you clay no no it's all it's all in mildly jazz. annoyed no but you gotta have that because that keep that keeps the show entertaining but i also i mean i was kind of like 80 grit sandpaper coming into today's show as we already 
explained. So we already established. All right, back back that. to the okay, fact so that you can't. I'm just I'm laughing internally too because when I when you came in crappie fish and I said you don't need anything, you could not get through your head that you did not need anything. Oh, <laughs> it's 100 like, percent true. You it's still not- brought all this hand tied stuff and everything, and I'm like, no, I got the rod. Well, should I bring a? Can I bring a spin? I said you can bring a spinning rod. You won't catch anything on it. But you're right, welcome right. to. What about that? You can bring those baits. You won't catch anything on it. You're welcome to. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so back to the back to the long long end of 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 this whole thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Brazil's on. Good man. Um. So back to the long end of this thing. So, um, we decided we're gonna pick a lake that we've not been to before. Frankie went and scoped it out. Found a few things that I like. And so based on the time of year, okay, is how I based my tackle selection. And since now I'm guessing that the pattern is going to be the right pattern when I get there, but here's what I, here's what I did. Okay. I decided five rod max, not bringing any more than five. And tackle wise, I got all my tackle in those little 3,600 boxes. I have three of them. Oh, really? Get it all down to three. Yeah. That's all I'm, that's all I'm doing because I, I, I kind of know what the water temp is. I kind of know what we're dealing with because Frankie went out and scoped it out. Um, And so I'm, I'm using not my past knowledge of the animal to help gear me down. So the rod choices are the first critical component. What the hell are you like? You got to read that comment. Not a chance I could. Or at the same time, I'm unknowingly horrible at being. <laughs> I told you to ignore him, but I had to bring that one in. You can't, you can't do this to me, dude. I can't, I lose focus. So, so anyway, the right, the, oh man. <laughs> That's what we call a pickle. Yeah. So the. <laughs> Rocking a hard place. So the rod choices are. I'm trying to, uh, guys. I'm trying I'm to. Done. Get I won't this. put any more comments up there unless no, you, you guys have a really good one, and then we'll just throw them off course. Oh, now you're going to get fifty thousand comments. So the rod choices are really critical. So here, you you all know that I I I'm a Powell guy. Okay, I fish with Powell rods. So so what I'm gonna when I talk about the rod, I'm gonna talk about the the length and the action of the rod i'll i'll give you the i'll give you the powell numbers and it, if i say 725 that's a 7 foot 2 5 power okay so you get, so you can use whatever rod brands you're using and have a comparable you you got a comparable so okay so the first my first thing is we we lost about 15 to 20 degrees in water temperature in the last week. So obviously I'm going to have my jerk bait rod, which is going to be my 725 endurance. This rod can double. It can I can throw a jerk bait on it, I can throw a crankbait on it. So I got two two purposes for that rod. So seven, that r- seven foot two inch medium action. Right. M- medium, medium heavy. It's as long as it's got an extra fast tip to take up, you know, to fight the fish with, you're good. So, so, so that's my first rod choice. My second rod choice, you know, you know, an A rig is going to start to play, but you also know a swim jig is going to start to play. So I took, uh, I took an endurance 764, 
which is a seven and a half foot. Um, it's kind of a medium heavy-ish or medium. It'll throw the swim jig really nice, and it'll throw an A-rig, another double-duty rod. Okay, so I got, I'm got i taking care of two, two things at one time. So then I got another 764 with me, which is going to be spinnerbait, buzzbait, chatterbait. So now that rod will have three duties for me. And then, of course, I've got my 806 endurance, which is pure flipping and pitching. And I'm going to throw a jig on that or some form of Texas rig on it. So another double duty rod. And the last rod I'm going to carry with me is a 744 spinning rod. You can use the 744 uh, endurance or a 764 um, naked series. They're, they're, they're equivalent. And so the, the spinning rod is going to get, you know, the, the a Ned head a flick shake, a sparky head, a drop shot. So the spinning rod's got a ton of different duties for me, depending on what we discover when we're down there. So now, instead of me bringing my three jerkbait boxes, because I do have three jerkbait boxes, um, I narrowed it down to 10 jerkbaits. So I've got four shallow jerk baits that go two to four. I've got two mid-range jerk baits that go four to six, four to eight. And then I've got four deep jerk baits that'll get me down past 11 feet. And then, and then all I did with my colors is I, I basically took my go-to colors with me. Oddball colors work certain times but generally speaking you have colors that you know you catch them on all the time so i brought those colors with me because they're my confidence colors um jigs was real easy i literally i'm only bringing six jigs with me i'm bringing three five sixteenths and three seven sixteenths and the reason I'm bringing the seven sixteenths is if I got a structure fish or if I have to fish deeper or if it blows like a hurricane. Um, and then I've got three spinner baits I'm bringing with me, one buzz bait. I'm bringing three little bags of trailers uh, for the jig trailers. Um, I'm, I'm actually bringing two, two different colors, spine craws and one bag of speed craws. Um, and then I can double those up for flipping and pitching if I have mm -hmm. to. So you see what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that every multitasking, right. Everything I'm bringing has multiple functions. I'm bringing six swim jigs with me and th three and three, three of one color, three of another color and my swim jig trailers. Now my swim jig trailers are going to be, I'm, I'm bringing a couple bags of the small pulse minnow. A couple bags of the big pulse minnow. I'm bringing uh, one card of Kytex, and I'm bringing uh, one card of Six Sense, um, the the Divine Swim Bait with me. Um, those will double as my A rig. They'll double as my swim jig trailers. So you you see that everything I'm using has multiple mm -hmm. functions. Because this way, I don't have to go, oh, I need this for that, and I need this for that. And then next thing you know, you're bringing 500 pounds of tackle, and most of which you're never going to look at. Right.
So everything I'm bringing and this, it's all my confidence colors. It's everything I normally catch them on in this particular seasonal pattern. The only thing I'm not bringing with me is my crankbaits. Um, because if we, if we get on a crankbait bite, Frankie's got tons of fat boys. He's got tons of deep little ends, et cetera, et cetera. All I need at that point is the rod. Now, if I was fishing with another dude as a non-boater, I would have to pick out crankbaits in which I would bring a dozen. Yeah, um, couple I, shallow, couple medium, couple deep. Right. Three, in, three, in, and three, and three square ex- bills. Exactly. Okay. Bingo. And, and that's kind of, um, you know, that's kind of how it is. Um, I'm actually excited about it because if it goes off the way I think it's going to go off, um, it's probably going to be a two rod day, which I enjoy, um, a lot. And so, so I just wanted to give you guys some insight on the best way to, um, multitask your equipment. So you don't have to bring as much. Remember as a non-boater, you don't need a separate rod for this and that, and this and that, because mm-hmm. it only takes a minute to tie on another lure. And so don't stress out. You bring in, you know, 10 rods as a non-boater because what usually happens. You, can, you and, fish less. Well, you fish less. But in my experience, you're spending more time untangling everything and putting everything away to make a run than you I've are. Guys fish. in the opens where I've rolled up, fished a spot while he's dog cussing his rods the whole time. Mm-hmm. Still not untangled. And we're on to the next spot. Dude, the entire I, I, time he's been down there just monkeying with, and like I'm like, dude, you need four rods, five rods max to fish. Right, it. right. We'll see. As a, when I fished as a pro, I told my non-boaters exactly what to bring. Yep. And I said, if you want to bring something else to experiment with, by all means, bring it, but don't overload because we're, you're not going to have to. Um, I, I fished. I fished in Florida one time, and I I had a non-boater, and I said, dude. Everything we do is we're going to, we're going to run in these spots. We're going to, we're going to hit them quick and we're going to leave. And the first spot we're going to, I have to run over a monster mud flat to get back to it. And I cannot shut the boat down once we get up on plane. So you need to make sure that everything is buttoned up when we leave. When I say we're leaving, make sure it's buttoned up. Cause once I spin the boat around to get up on plane and I'm on plane, there's no shutting down. So we get back there and it's a foggy morning. I mean, like really foggy and you can't see anything. And I run back to this. It basically, it was a big hole in the middle of a flat, but the flat was almost, you can almost not get over it. You had to be on plane. And we shut down in there and it's foggy. You can't see the bank. You can't see nothing. And we're fairly close to the bank, maybe 30, 40 yards offshore, but you can't see anything. I shut the boat down in there. And the next thing I know, I hear boom, 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 boom. And the pellets are going bouncing off the side of the boat in the water. I, I get down on the bottom of the boat and I yell to the duck hunters. I go, dude, we're fishing over here. And it goes dead quiet. And then you hear the guy go, yeah, but we're hunting over here. 
And so I told like, I told him, I said, all right, we're leaving. I said, I'm leaving. Don't shoot until you don't hear my boat anymore. So I tell my non-boater, pack your stuff up. And, and literally we were there for 10 minutes, not even. So what could, what as a non-boater could you have out on the back deck of a boat in 10 minutes? You know what I mean? Grab, grab your top water, grab your, your speed. Strap it down and let's roll. Yeah, right. So I do my donut to get up and out. And all of a sudden I feel tug, tug, tug on my arm. And I turn around, I go, what dude? He goes, my, all my tackle blew out back there. I go, what? I turn around, dude, and I see boxes floating on the flat. I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I, I have to shut the boat down, and we're stuck, we're stuck thick as thieves in the mud. And so I'm, I'm using the tr- with the trolling motor up, you know, holding it up, trying to get all the tackle out. We, we retrieved about 98% of his tackle, killed 45 minutes doing it trying to do wow. it. oh dude i was coming unscrewed um i felt bad because i didn't know he had laid a bunch of stuff out you know yeah. what i mean yeah clay you on the money bud <laughs> you're on the money with that one but yeah so so you know being prepared is is very good and the less fumbling around you have to do as a co-angler the more efficient you're going to be um some of the best co-anglers that i fished with literally fished with two rods most of the day and they caught the crap out of them. Yeah. In the open. So I've had, I've had hundreds of a hundred co-anglers now. Yeah. And the ones that I am, uh, I don't want to say nervous about, but the ones where I'm like, all right, this guy's going to keep me on my game today are the ones who come with, uh, three rods and a Walmart sack. And the only thing they're like is, Hey, can I put this gas station sandwich in your cooler so my egg salad doesn't spoil? <laughs> well, first of all, and, I got to give him credit for eating that crap because that's a. And that you're is- like, okay, this guy knows what he's gonna throw. Oh yeah, 100%. but uh, a couple couple things that have stuck out to me that you said about uh, doubling up and maximizing is the best guys that I've I've fished in front of or that have been behind me for two or three minutes when we get to a spot, if we're changing stuff, they won't be fishing. I'll look back and they will have two or three additional reels that are spooled up with braid or a heavier. So when you talk about having a flipping stick or something like that, you're flipping on it with 20 pound fluoro. And then let's say in the rare event that I go up to a mat or I'm frog fishing, or I want to throw a buzz bait or something, they just snip it off. Crank that reel down, tighten the tag end, go into their bag, pull their braid reel out, thread it up, tie a frog on, and two minutes later, they're frogging. Right. And what I do is I buy spare spools for all my reels. And so I have spare bay casting spools. And so I'll just have a little Tupperware thing with three or four spools in it. Oh, so you don't even have to undo it. So you just pop the side plate off, pop yep. your spool out, pop the new spool in. Yep. That's yep. the one thing. The other thing um that I do a lot, and I fish, I fish one of the uh weekday jackpots with Austin Cranford. We use his boat 95% of the time. You know what you're gonna be throwing. I take three packs of one bait mm-hmm. and I put them all in one pack. Oh yeah. That way, instead of having, and you you do this too. Instead yeah. of having thirty packs in a in a gallon Ziploc, I've got 
five. That's right, exactly. Exactly. And I it's do the so same easy. Thing. And let me tell you something. If you go through if you go three through three packs of soft plastic, you're having a good day. Yeah, well, we you usually know. have a good day. So. Right, you're having a good day. <laughs> and then oh. the third thing is I always uh, all the good co's that I've had and when I co always have a spinning rod with 12 to 15 pound braid on it, a seven foot to seven foot two or seven foot four medium to medium heavy spinning rod with a little bit of backbone. You can do so much yeah. with a little pack of leader lines and you don't have to bring the big spools of it. But if you have eight, 10, 12 and 14, you can, Good. you can, it's like having four different spinning rods. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I do it all the time. Um, that that's the whole key. Like in my boat, I have a, plastic container that's just got spare spools in it so i don't even have to monkey around because you know you know how a lot of times um like you'll be out there and and if you blow up a spool um if you have a bad cast and you blow up a spool i just cut it pull the spool out pop the new one in and i'm gone i don't even i will not spend five minutes trying to get a backlash out if it happens uh, and there's no way the spool's coming out, new one's going in. I don't even monkey with it. Yep. Till later. I mean, it's fun. It's fun when you just go and you can just pick up your rod. And, and like you said, communication is also big. And you talked about with Frankie, yeah. what he knows when you talk about that person, be like, hey, do I need to bring? And 90% of the time, your buddy will be like, no, dude, I got you on that. Right. And even, and like, even when I fished, when I fish Bassmasters, I would tell my non boaters, I would say, this is what you need to bring. I wouldn't tell them how I was fishing or what I was doing, but I would say, this is what you need to bring. You know, a lot of times it was football jigs and Carolina rigs, so they knew we weren't Mm -hmm. flipping, but you know what I'm saying? So I would give them several rod choices and say, this is all you need to bring. I said, bring your favorite colors in whatever. And I said, I have tackle. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have it, I have it. And guys are like, dude, why are you giving them stuff? They're they're going to catch your fish. And I'm like, well, because I would rather have them be lean and mean than show up with 500 pounds of tackle. Well, Charlie Hartley's on. He said, back in the pro on pro days, I drew an, a big old bitter pro. Oh, I wonder if he drew Jim Bitter. No, there's think, a I think surprise. he is. I think he's. I think he's d- quietly saying that it might. It might have drawn yeah. Jim Bitter. He said, "Quote: I usually draw a 300 pound angler with 80 pounds of tackle, and today I get one that weighs 80 pounds with 300 pounds of tackle." <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Uh, That's about yeah. right. That is Little so Charlie. funny. Yeah. That is so funny, man. Yeah. Oh my God. If you are in a tournament though, like, listen, I, I, you always, always, always bring a spinning rod and always bring something that you can power fish with. Those are the two rods that never leave because there are guys who will say, Oh, we're, we're flipping grass all day, power fishing. And at 9am they're out throwing six pound test over 60 foot of water, knowing that if you didn't bring any of that stuff, you're not going to catch any of their fish and vice versa. So, that's all I got. You ready to talk props? Yeah, let's pull Todd in. We guys were talking performance, we're talking rough water, and we're talking to Mr. Todd Bucknell. Morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. How you doing, we're just uh, good. We're having a we're ha- 
I think Frank and I are a little on the grumpy edge today, but we've also had some really good laughs today. We've given away some baits. We've talked about fishing as a co-angler, <laughs> Frank's favorite thing. And then he was like, before he's like, dude, we got to bring Todd. I can't do a good Frank. I can't do a good Frank. I just get nervous in front of Frank doing it. He's not hurting. <laughs> get, get over I, it. I can't, I can't do it in front of Frank. Get uh, over it. He said, uh, he said, well, I, I believe we should bring Todd in. I think he has some interesting news on the prop front. So here you are. And and I and I could see that I could see the assemblance of loaded to the cork on your jersey there, Slick. Hey, listen, I bought it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably beat the crap out of Brazil and took his. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Jeff, let me borrow it for the show. Oh, he's a good man. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> oh gosh. So how we doing, uh, guys? Good, good. good. Uh the last time you were on you guys had just dialed in the old five blader and it was, it was, uh, oh, it was up twisted. and running. Yeah. It's yes. Twisted. So we've, uh, we've got them out now, Matt, and I uh, got a number of people with them. Uh, the results have been really, really good. Um, so we, uh, have tested a number of different boats, um, from Bass Cat Jaguars with the four strokes on it to Skeeters to other legends and different boats. And they've all, done super super well so we're pretty excited about the product um and we're looking forward to uh getting more out there in your uh, your viewers hands and uh let them see the results that we're seeing right and and um you know the cool thing about <laughs> there's old brazil i am right now man <laughs> <laughs> who is this jeff brazil he sounds like a legend <laughs> a legend in his own mind <laughs> the fair played man yeah, so he's a friend of Todd's from the Go Fast boat okay. era. Um, I was very fortunate enough to meet him several years ago, um, and and he's where's he from? Really, he is from South Haven, Mississippi. Okay, so he's from there, and um, he came up here um, a couple seasons ago. And um, the funny thing is, Todd and I had. I, I was taking Todd muskie fishing a few times and, um, and he's, he's kind of addicted to the adrenaline rush of those big bastards. And so we had Brazil come up and of course, you know, uh, Jeff wants to bass fish and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> no, we're not bass fishing. We're going muskie fishing. And, um, and so we, we went out muskie fishing and he got to see one up close and personal. So, of course, he was mad at Todd because Todd was catching all the bass, <laughs> but that's okay. Ask Frank what I bring on the boat when I go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> are, you a, are you a minimalist or do you? Oh, I'm so minimal. It's not even funny. He, he, shows, he shows up with something to eat, a, a big monster magnum cup of Diet Pepsi or Coke? Diet Coke, yep. Diet Coke. And that's that. <laughs> Frank, where's my stuff? Let me destroy it. Here we go. Right, exactly. Exactly. Nice. That's the way to do it. I do that too. I've done that multiple times this year where I'm like, I'm good. I got three rods. Can I just use your stuff? Because we're fishing a team tournament. And, you know, if right. we got three or four hours, I mean, how much stuff can you actually use in three hours? Especially if you're catching them. If you're catching them, you're not changing your crap. Oh, no, not, not at all. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, when I go in my, when I'm in my boat and my buddies are with me, I just tell them, open the lid. Everything's labeled. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Todd, I do have a uh, question for you uh, sure. before you guys get into it. So 
a lot you're seeing a lot of uh a lot of boats up for sale now a lot of the pro boats a lot of guys who order boats either every year or every other year and then the their boats up for sale and you go and test drive it uh how do you know if you're test driving a boat that you've never been in before it's like let's say you're it's a different brand than you're used to you're not sure if it's squirrely if it shine walks if it doesn't if it how do you know if that's a a, a a mismatched prop to the boat or if it's just a style of boat that you don't like is that a fair question very fair question okay um, and especially if it's in an arena where you're not familiar with that kind of boat yeah bag, exactly and it's a different setup than what you're used to um a lot of people can get scared away and it could be just something as easy as setback uh prop choice motor height those <laughs> are the three biggest things that we see and if the boat is not set up right um you know one guy may not care about how the boat handles at 70 miles an hour because he never goes over 55. Right. You know, so uh, usually that can be uh, easily taken care of. Uh, biggest thing that we need is, uh, if you know, a customer calls up, says, hey, I'm looking at X boat. It's doing this. I need the RPM, GPS speed, and the gear ratio. With those three numbers, we can work out the slip percentage. Basically what that is, a big fancy formula that tells us how good the prop's hooking up. So okay. that's the first thing that we look at. Once we get the slip percentage, then we kind of know three blade, four blade, cupping style, cupping profile. Does it need tail lift? Does it need bow lift? And that will get us into zeroing in on getting the boat set up so it uh, handles right for the customer. So you can kind of tell based on the numbers that come back if the prop is not performing 100%. as it should. Okay, so that's 100%. how you can tell whether it's the ride of the boat or whether it's a mismatched prop. Or correct, correct. Okay. Yeah, and, and when you're talking with Todd in numbers, he's like the rain man, just so you know. Yeah. We'll be we'll be running down the lake doing a prop test on my boat, and he's you're at, you know, 7.9% slip based on the blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. like, how are you figuring all this crap out? Well, he's like you with pearls. How many different pearls <laughs> can you mix up there, Frank? When <laughs> yeah. you start mentioning, oh, I add this and then a couple drops of this and that, it's the same thing. So it yeah, is. but but it's really fun. So the gear ratio, Todd, based on the lower unit on the boat, and a lot of yeah. times there's a sticker on the lower unit, if I'm not mistaken, right? A lot of times there is, um, but we've pretty much done so many boats of different combinations that if a customer calls up and is unaware of what it is, 99.9% uh, .9 chance I'm going to tell you what it is. So that's really not a big issue there. Go, go over some of the common ones right now for, for bass boats. Okay, so the 250XS two-stroke and the new four-stroke, the 250, uh, all the Pro XSs are 1.75 on the gear ratio. 1.75 is also on the Yamaha four-stroke. Um, so those are really the two biggest ones that we see. You don't really see a lot of OMCs anymore, um, you know, because they're pretty much out of the gig. But 1.75 is the easiest ratio um, nowadays, the last 10 or 15 years. That's predominantly what you see. What is, uh, I'm confused. Sorry. It's just me. What does that oh, mean? 1.75 what? What? I, okay. So I've got a, I've got a, a two. So every time the flywheel, every time the motor makes one revolution, the propeller turns 1.75 times. Oh, it's just the same thing as gear ratio. Correct. As a, it's, of a, it's as exactly a, what it is. Gear ratio. You make a turn. That's how many times the spools turn. Yeah, correct. Correct. Okay. And what we basically do, Matt, is um, we take this formula. So they give me the RPM. You divide that by the gear ratio. Then you multiply that times the pitch of the propeller. And then you come up with a formula that divides inches into feet into miles an hour. That gives you what we call a theoretical speed. And I know that sounds kind of chunky when you say it, 
but the theoretical speed nobody obtains because that's zero percent slip. So then what we do is we take the realistic speed of what it showed on a GPS, divide that into the theoretical, and let's say that number comes out to be 0.9. That means you're getting 10% slip. That's normal on an everyday bass boat. But if that number comes in at 0.82 and there's 18% slip, that tells me on the big end or at wide open throttle, the prop isn't, uh, it's leaving a lot on the table. We need uh, some studded snow tires because you're slipping the tires on ice, if you will. This so makes so much sense. So I can call and say I'm running 5,800 RPMs mm-hmm. with a 250 Pro XS mm-hmm. on a 24 Fury. Yeah, we can and, do it right now. Oh, here we go. Here I we have go. It. And, and if Todd ever tells you he has a sneaky suspicion, just run listen. as fast as you can. Yeah, just listen to him. <laughs> okay. See, I think, I think my cat i mean i have a fast i mean obviously i have a fast boat i'm very proud of that it's bass cat and <laughs> i like to go fast it's good to run a boat it so is don't give me best ever man give me day in day out with a full tournament load give me the speed that you see day in day out day in day out like are we talking like hooked up just day like in day on, out not the okay, best so ever, we'll just... say like 50 5800 rpms because they have like a governor on it it doesn't go above what six thousand right now you have four stroke or two stroke? Four stroke. That's sixty two hundred is your rev limiter. Okay, it, so six thousand. Let's do let's do six thousand, and my day in day out like everyday speed is is seventy four. That's not bad. I'd take it. Between it, it actually honestly, it depends on my co angler and what he brings. It's between seventy three and seventy four. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad. Um, speed drop with a co-angler no that's doing pretty good so you're at seven percent slip which so is that great tells me, that's really good matt so what okay. that tells me is the lift characteristics now slip is a uh, direct reflection of how much we're dragging through the water okay so the freer the boat is off the water the less slip because the less drag coefficient you do have okay so at seven percent slip that style prop on your boat at wide open throttle is doing a very good job yeah and i think I, uh, on the, that's a 24 correct yeah Okay, yep. dude, yep. that's badass. Isn't that cool? Now, it uh, a, a, a lot of times, Matt, it, you know, people think it's hocus pocus. Well, look, it, it, numbers are numbers. The only thing that doesn't lie when people talk about performance is the math. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I, I feel line. like I could get a lot more out of that boat, but uh, Mercury, and I don't know if this is a thing, but they put a trim limiter on it. And I've heard that you can go in and have it removed but well, it, it stops going up at a certain point and so so you don't pinch everything but i feel like if i you know it feel like if i could trim it up a little bit more i could get more out of the water and get more i gotta be asking you man it's six and a half seven percent slip where you're trimming the boat right now you don't need to trim it up any higher because this this boat that i've ran this entire year has never once gotten squirrely on me mm-hmm. it's never once felt you know never once slid out i mean it feels like a for lack of a better term, like a vehicle, yeah, like it right. always, and, and you know, like I've had other cats, like I, you, you have to minimalist drive it, you know, when you get it up and each one's a little different based on the hulls. I mean, when I've ran the Pumas in the past or the, I mean, all the different ones have different, but some are squirrelier than others. Some, you know, I had an 80 mile an hour one, but over 76, it took me probably four months to get comfortable above 75 driving sure. it. Sure. Right. And the thing you got to remember, too, is you're striving for neutral trim almost. 
um, neutral trim or just a smidge above. And you've done the show before that talks about based on where your rooster tail right. is, can tell whether you're over trim or you have it right. tucked down under trim. You said, if I remember right, you want that rooster tail to be about even with the top of the motor cowling when or you're below rolling. or okay. below. Because yep. if we look at it like a horizontal plane, mat, if this is the lower unit, the more we tilt it up, accessing the trim angle, now that thrust is being wasted up. Okay, the closer we can lift the boat to neutral trim, that means our push is going straight forward. Okay. Now everybody's going to need a little bit of positive trim. We carry weight. We've got trolling motors, batteries. Um, and now ten graphs. Yeah, and now TV screens on the boat. So um, there's no question we're going to need a little bit of positive trim. But as much lift as we can get out of the propeller and the setup, and there's a couple of things that come into there play there. Obviously, there's the prop. Okay, but then there's the setback. We made a change on a number of different boats and on Frank's in particular, his first legend. I think it came from the factory with an eight inch setback. Yeah. And we just weren't satisfied with the numbers and we weren't getting the lift that we that we had, even with doing the work to the prop. So we stuck a set of two inch spacers on there. So now the motor was 10 inches off the transom instead of eight. And then we picked up three and a half, four miles an hour, yeah. picked up handling, rough water capability. It was a different boat, just putting the motor two inches back. Right. And so there's a lot of variables that come into play tweaking. Yeah, that's out next. Well, that's next level stuff, you know, but, but here, here's, here's, a, here's a lot of the stuff that I see a lot. Um, guys will underpower a boat um, and then expect to get performance out of it. And when I say performance, I'm not talking about doing 90. Now be sluggish getting out of the hole, handling it'll feel heavy. Well, ha handling it slow. It doesn't react fast enough. You don't have the horsepower to put the nose where you need the nose to go. Um, and so, you know, cause the boat manufacturers say, Hey, this is good for a, you know, a 225 to a 300. Well, if they're saying 225 to 300, you better be going towards the 300. Yeah. Because you underpower it and you, it's just, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and here's but, the other thing that we noticed too. And uh, Frank can attest to this. We went down with a, uh, a guy with a bass cat, Matt. We were testing the five blade. Uh, big time tournament fisherman from up here on Lake Erie, 22 foot Jaguar. Which, That's by the a way, big boat. Oh, it's a barge, dude. Brother, let me tell you something. That was a 77 Lincoln Continental. I could not oh, believe the size of that There's boat. There's so much room for activities in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, showed up and he had two different wheels. He had a, uh, a 24 Fury, your prop, and then he had mm -hmm. a 22 Bravo. And we went out and we always get a baseline before we try anything else. Let's see what it runs just with the stuff that you have. And it, it now this isn't knocking the boat or the customer or anything else because he is loaded to the gills. Okay. But it was in the low 60s, but he was only turning 56 to 5,800 yeah. RPM between the two props. With these new four strokes, Matt, we have to look at this now like a car motor because that's all it is. It's a four stroke car motor. It's got valves, lifter, camshaft. With that being said, they make their peak power between 6,000 and 6,200. So we put the little five blade on, which is a 21 pitch, the Roughwater Series 5, and it actually outperformed the Fury and the 22 Bravo because we turned it at 6180 just under the rev limiter, and we were 1.7 miles an hour faster with the five blade, not because the five blade's a speed prop, but because his motor was actually putting out 250 horsepower now instead right. of maybe 220, 230 at 56 or 5700. 
It needed the RPMs. It needed the RPM. These motors really, really like the RPM. So you can also tell just with a couple questions whether someone's BSing you. Oh, dude. <laughs> I've yeah. never just to seen say it because these look. numbers that I'm looking at, like, I mean, you, you're like, oh, I got, I'm running 83 and you're like, you're like negative slippage, bro. Listen, the people that are uh, 108% efficiency, I just politely tell them, uh, you stick with what you have, you bronze it, put it in Smithsonian <laughs> because there is absolutely nothing I can do to help you. Nothing. I swear. I, dude, I, I he says it all the time when he comes by the shop and hears me on the phone. You know? I, I, and I, I roll my eyes because like, I've heard it too, like on tour, you know, we're in, we're, we're crammed in a lock and everybody's on my boat goes, you know, 80 miles an hour and this and that. And I'm like, and how fast are you going? I said, well, 72. And they're like, I'm getting blah, blah, blah. And I told my non-boater and we were on the red river. Mm-hmm. I told my non-boater, I said, we're kind of screwed. Cause we're almost the last row in the lock. I said, so it's going to get a little bumpy when we come out of this lock. But when I, when we come out of the lock, I said, we're going to be fine. Just hold on and we'll be, we'll be almost in second place by the time we got to peel out. So they open the locks and everybody, you know how it is, Matt, and anybody that fishes tournaments where there's locks, you're supposed to idle past the concrete wall and then put your boat up on plane. Oh yeah. Good luck. And they're, everyone's jockeying and there's, and you're just in that washing machine till you get past the concrete wall. So we get past the concrete wall and I light my legend up, man. And I, I don't even take my foot off the throttle because, because I got it set up where I could literally, if I wanted to, I could run 68 miles an hour in two to three footers and it, it just goes do 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 do. So I light it up, and we're passing, 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 and I got two boats to beat to get to get to the front of the line. I got two boats to go, but I had to peel off to go up the river I was fishing. So I peel off. I go. I don't think nothing else about it. It's everyday job. Go fish. We come back in. We, we go, we weigh in and I'm sitting in like, I don't remember sixth place, seventh place. And like four dudes come up to me and they go, how fast is that freaking boat? And I said, it's not, it's, you know, 71, 72 tops. I said, but I was only running 68 miles an hour um, out of the lock. I couldn't, you can't get, you can't go like that in that rough water and and they're like i've never that boat looked like it was doing 100 i go that's because because i have it set up for rough water Mm -hmm. and i can drive in that stuff and so it all it's you know everybody's boat's the fastest boat in the world now if a guy in an allison comes up to you and says oh mine's a 90 mile an hour boat probably believe jones right now yeah just probably believe the guy (laughs) Uh, no i've noticed you know in the opens you get in a lot of a lot of boat races. Now I'm not talking about, you know, measuring the size of your sack boat races, but I mean, there'll be a guy there. You'll notice what he's in. You'll be heading the same general direction and it's just right, hum- it. hum- human nature. Right. I've noticed, uh, I've noticed who is a better boat driver than me based on who has kind of the same models mm-hmm. of boats. Like, I mean, there's a lot of cougars out there and there's been other, cougars that i've seen have passed me in choppier water where i know that i'm not going wide open and i'm like oh that guy knows how to drive better than i do 
But when it's calm, it's see you can tell who's got their boats hooked up because nine out of ten phoenixes I can outrun. Not like wow, but like right. pass them. Go by them. There's a couple out there. They're hanging. Like <laughs> I, I've had a couple where I'm like, dang that you know that phoenix is going seventy four miles an hour. Yeah, those are guys who have everything dialed in and are maximizing the performance of their vessel. I would assume. Absolutely, eyes dotted, t's crossed. The setup's correct uh, for what they carry, for what their load is, and they're getting the most out of the boat. Um, you know, setup is so important, man. Not a, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, not yeah, only yeah. from a, a handling standpoint and a drivability standpoint, but performance standpoint. Once the boat is hooked up correctly, there's better numbers to be had. Now, whether that's one mile an hour over what somebody else does or three or four miles an hour, um, it's still, it, it, it's, I'm not going to say free because everything costs, but yep. it's, um, it, the boat is set up right. The input on setup is free compared to motor work, compared to, you know, a thousand dollar props, da, 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 da. So there's a lot to be said for the setup. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's a hundred percent true. Like I said, most, I set my boats up for, for handling water, um, I'll sacrifice a mile an hour to three miles an hour, knowing that if I have to get on it in bumpy stuff, I can. Um, just because most of the time um, in, in the tournament game, you very rarely have a flat lake where you can just let her eat. Um, now, I'm not talking about some of the river systems. Um, I'm talking about the big lakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, like how many times have you been on Champlain where you can let it go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, let me ask you this. So next year I'll be running the, the STS, the 24 Puma STS. Mm -hmm. I'm also uh, fishing. What's up? How, how long is that boat? It is a, believe a 20 foot, seven inch boat. Okay. With a 250 four stroke, uh, two AGMs, two 36 volt lithiums in the back weight distribution wise if that means anything run in uh two 12 inch graphs up front and one 12 inch maybe two 12 inch graphs at the console uh i'm also fishing leech lake which the guys in minnesota say it's the biggest most dangerous lake in the country it gets bouncy dude and saint Clair, which you guys are all very familiar with mm -hmm. uh I I need to come up and get a and get set up for a, a different prop, don't I? I need to come up and make 100%. sure that I need to come up and make sure. So we need to schedule when this gets done. If you're open to this, if I come if I come up with fifteen hundred bucks and a day and a half, can we get can I get set up with that for to get a different? Well, it'll be sixteen hundred since you know Frank, but yes, Matt, we can. Okay, <laughs> I mean, but that makes sense to me if that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. To make 100%. that drive when the when when's the water open? May, April, May, like when would be a good? Yeah, I would say April. Okay, mid, mid April, and you know, it, uh, to your point exactly, Matt. We just had a customer uh, that got one of our little five blades, and uh, he's got a Skeeter with a Yamaha, and he didn't have the five blade in time, and he did a tournament up at Saint Clair, and they gave him a twenty-two pitch four blade. Now he runs a Yamaha two fifty um, show yeah. on a Skeeter, 72, 74 mile an hour boat whatever it may be. And he went up there and I said, Hey, Aaron, take this 22 pitch, get up there. We'll get the five blade figured out for you. And uh, he said that the first day, I forget what position he was in, but he went by all these guys at 62 to 66 miles an hour. Cause the water was gross. And the same thing that you were talking about, Frank, everybody's like, Oh my God, how fast is that boat? 
He said, I was doing 64, 65 miles an hour. But the ideal condition was that he was able to stay into it to where he could keep going 64, 65 miles an hour. And the key is without beating your brains out. Well, that's it. And without the boat getting all out of shape, he was able to put it, leave his foot in it and get to where he had to go. And he got to the spot first. And, um, you know, and that's slower than what his boat normally runs. But in those conditions, you're never going to be able to trim it and hang it to get no. that last, you know, bit of speed out of it. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, Matt, we'll... Uh, We'll take you up on that. Come on up, and uh, maybe we can even do a you know a film uh, film. Yeah, I'd love to show. do a, a BTL live. Yeah, that, that'll be cool. Just to make sure that I'm dialed in with the normal prop, and then put the big water prop on. We can do the whole changing it out. Do it if we've got good service from the lake. We could rack it out. I will say this also: if a boat that I don't think should be passing me passes me in the late morning or middle of the day, I just assume they got empty live wells and they haven't caught crap. <laughs> you know what that's a pretty good assumption yeah, that's because when you and if add, i mean if they're like a like a scalded dog running i'm like yep they don't have anything the live wells are dry and they're in the middle of a meltdown exactly <laughs> it's 100 percent accurate man alive is that good so anyhow so so what do we got todd what, what do you got for the loyal so, listeners so here's what we have for the loyal listeners as thanks to btl and all the customers out there we're going to knock off 50 dollars on any rws5 prop during the month of thanksgiving to say thank you to all your listeners and all of our loyal customers out there for the btl brand outstanding yeah. so uh if they want to get a hold of you and the website and all that just give it to me again so i know we've done it before but. no problem hydromotive.com i bet you've had that website for a long time we have <laughs> back in the uh, aol yeah there yeah, it is hydromotive h-y-d-r-o-m-o-t-i-v-e.com you log into it there's a couple of props spinning on the top right right there that's it yeah, those are Todd's wheels turning. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sneaky suspicion. Yeah, that scares the hell Uh-oh. out of me. And then go down to propellers. You got it. All right. And then go to the outboard. There you go. WRS5 on outboard. That's it. They have not put the picture up yet. We're going to have to let them know. Okay. Yeah. Get on those guys. Or is there a view other photo or no? Uh, and then there's the number right there. Numbers Please there. contact yep. us. Number is 330-425-4266 and ask for uh, Todd. That's it. Easy peasy. And you'll get the man and then mention that you heard about it on uh, BTL. You got it. Makes a great Christmas gift. It sure does. Or great thanks, Thanksgiving, Grim. Yeah, yeah. You better have that stocking bolted to the wall. <laughs> you get one of those suckers and put it as a centerpiece on the Thanksgiving. Honey, it's a it's a centerpiece for the Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. Put one Beautiful flower coming out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's good stuff. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. No biggie. Oh, uh, are, you, are you stuck in there now? You can't. You're in now. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I have to remove it, but there is a, uh, there's an audio portion to this, but I have to bring it back in, in a different, uh, in a different format to share the audio. Also share audio system. Share. All right. You should be able to hear it now. (laughs) 
motor very well. Yeah. That's the sound of the outboard using that propeller. That's a that's a cool little feature there. Yeah, it's a, that's a scary sound. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so I mean, you know, it's I know the season's winding down up north, but uh now's a good time to start thinking about all this stuff so you're dialed in when the snow and ice finally go away well and like frank and i were talking too it, it, it's more than just great lakes uh flats boats matt uh guys that are fishing redfish down in delacroix louisiana or on right. the gulf coast um you know rayburn down in texas there's a lot of other lakes other than the great lakes uh that you know guys will be able to take advantage of this yeah. prop Hey, I'll put a link to that in the uh, show description on YouTube. So instead of having to try to find it yourself, you can just click on that link. I want to make sure it's fifty dollars off. Yep. The what is the saying that RWS five rough water RW rough water series five prop. You got. It. I'll put the dude. Link I thought that, that stood for page. rough water scalish. What the hell? You lied to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything's about you, Frank. Oh, man. <laughs> Another sleepless night. <laughs> oh, man, alive. Uh, anything else, Todd? Not unless you guys have any more questions or any uh, other material you'd like to go over. No, I didn't know we were going to get a BTL discount. That was a surprise today. Yeah, well, I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. I didn't want to let the bass cat out of the bag. Yeah. And Matt, I will say this, you know, Frank's known me for a long time and uh, we're just getting to know each other ourselves. But uh, there's a lot of times where your customers will call up guys that say, hey, I heard the show and we just won't sell them a prop. There's there's some situations after you look at the application, you look at the numbers that uh, for the money spent, there's not going to be a big enough advantage, whether it's because of the horsepower or the style of fishing or the boat. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to give you our honest opinion. We're not one of those people that are just going to try to uh, slam something down your throat. If it, if you don't need it, you don't need it. And we're not afraid to tell you that. Um, you know, I know that uh, uh, a lot of uh, aftermarket products can be very pushy or have claims about this, that, whatever. We try to take a little bit more scientific approach to it, a realistic approach. Um, believe me, I will let you know if I feel confident that it's going to do the job for you. But at the same token, I'll also let you know if there's not a whole lot we can do and your money's going to be better spent either in a different setup or a different motor or a different, you know, so on and so forth. So we're, we're going to give it to you straight. Yeah, well, which, is, which is really good because, you know, I mean, you're looking at, you go, you go to a guy like, you or your shop because you're the specialist in what you do um and give, giving a false set of goods isn't going to help your business out but it's not going to help the angler out either well that's it and the old saying man if uh, you sell something to somebody that works they might tell a couple of people if you sell something to somebody that doesn't work five thousand people are going to know that's that's a great point I, I you will be proud of me uh a lot of the shallow water anglers will not be proud of me but i made it through this entire season with a not a, i mean i don't have a single nick on that prop like not like ever, all the rest of the years i've been like eh, that ear may or may not make it through today <laughs> <laughs> but, but this year golden 
Well, that's good, and uh, knock on wood, because that's like the guy that says he's never missed a kick from this distance before. No, my, yeah. years, my years over. My years is done, Todd. Okay, I got okay. no more, no so more derby days. Okay, good. Yeah. good, good, no, good. I didn't well, say yeah. that. Yeah, that's like the co-angler who gets in and looks back and goes, had any issues with this motor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. He's no, I, we, dude, we were on Kentucky Lake one time for an event, and the water was like seven feet, eight feet low. And I was staying at the Buckhannon Resort in the back of that creek. And the launch was on the other side of the bridge, which literally is, I don't want to stay a stone throw away, but it's very close. So I'm like, screw the traffic. I'm going to launch here and I'll just pick my way out of this creek and then run to the blast off because it's 10 times yeah. faster than driving. So I, I, li- I, I, Jesus Christ. So I, it's low and there's rock piles and shoals and everywhere. And you got to be right in that Creek channel going out. So I do this every day for the event. The day is, and, and when I got there before the tournament started, I always go to the service guys trailers because those guys, they, they, they literally, they, they put their souls on the line to keep the pros on the water. They do a really good job maintaining the boats um, for the guys. So I always go there and I always, you know, how you doing? Here's, you know, some pop, here's some beer, whatever they, I always take care of them. So this was the boat that we ran your um, the racing five blade, five blade on. Yeah. Not the rough water five blade, but the racing five blade. We only spent like 72 hours on this one, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, and, and it ran the boat really good. And it's the only legend of mine that, that it ever ran good. And so I go, I go to the service crew and I'm like, dude, check out this prop, blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking about it and they're all looking at it going, oh yeah, wow. We see a lot of that in the saltwater market, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, is it running? I go, dude, it runs this boat. And, and so the, so the tournament is over and I'm going back to the, to my cabin <laughs> and there and it's bouncy out it's really bouncy the wa- the waves are coming right down the pipe and i forget who it was but he's getting goosey with me i'm i'm getting doing the same and we're both wah, wah, wah. and i i tell i said watch i'm gonna eat this guy's lunch right now and i stomp on it and i just go and take off and i cut the turn to go into the bay i'm in i cut the turn and i and i know exactly where i'm at and then my gps catches up to me and I'm like, oh, shit, I missed the river channel. And <laughs> boom, I right into one of those shoals. And so I I literally had to troll a motor back to the <laughs> ramp. I pulled I literally I pulled the boat out of the water and we're going to another event after this. So I got to go to the service trailer and get a prop. And so I go. <laughs> I pull into the service trailer and the dude from Mercury's like, Oh, how do you like that high dollar prop now, dude? <laughs> it's like, it's not, I needed a lower unit, a prop, <laughs> the whole nine yards. And so I wound up leaving there, driving to Alabama, getting a lower unit and then, and then going to the next event because they ran out of lower units because guys were knocking them off their boats like crazy in LA. So that was one of the 11 o'clock phone calls, dude. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> no, I believe it. I totally believe it. How bad is it? He's like, well, 
I'll show you when I get back. I was like, okay. Oh, the prop was rolled. It was, it was, it looked like, you know, did you ever see the front of those dredging machines with all the teeth on it that dredge <laughs> the things? That's what it looked like. But you fixed it for me. We did. Which I can't believe. All right. Anyway, I figured we'd end on a funny comical story. That is good. You got anything else, Todd? I think we're good, brother. I think I we're will good. put that link in the bio, uh, YouTube bass talk live youtube bio for this show uh day four for uh november 2nd 50 dollars off the rws5 series of props from hydromotive the direct link you can call and talk to todd thanks dude Thank yeah you that's appreciate that's only you, through only through only november through right november. todd that is correct for the month of november all right, right see See you later, Todd. All right, guys. Be good. See you, buddy. See, that was nice. Yeah. That was a surprise to me, too, actually. I'll put that in there. Uh, what else you got, Frank? Uh, nothing, man. Just, uh, you know, jonesing for a little fish fix here. I got to go catch some bass. I've been focusing so much on the crappies. Um, I got those... Uh, I got the 14-foot Denali and the 12-foot Denali crappie rods in the other day. Oh, you did get them? I forgot to yeah. ask you about that. Yeah, I got them. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'm so torn now, dude. I want to chase crappies so bad, but I got to go bass fishing. Well, just do both. Go to Lake that's got crappie and bass, and then when the t opportunity presents itself, dip for some some slabs. And then go nah, bass fish. I think I'm going to bass fish solely and totally tomorrow. The 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 best time for what you're doing is between like ten and three. Before that and after that is is dicey for the crappie, especially when it gets really cold. The the peak time is is I would say ten to three, regardless yeah. of where you're on the country. Warmer fish get out there and suspend. Cool, I'm in. All right. Uh, Ah, crap. I'm going to be at Table Rock next week. Why is that crap, dude? Table Rock's great. Well, because we're supposed to do a show Thursday morning. Oh, you're you're stiffing me on a show again? I'm not stiffing you. We still give everybody the exact same number of shows with the exact same quality content that they've come to know and love. I know, dude. I know. That's okay. Let's pick a day where the weather's going to be crappy to do the show. Okay, well, I'm going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so... That means you better hope for crappy weather on Monday or uh, we can record one on Sunday or we could go live on Sunday, November 5th. It's kind of up to you. We let's, got the 5th or the 6th. Let's figure it out after this thing. Okay. Let me see. Where am I at? Uh, whatever you want to do is fine with me. Let's. Um... Have we done a weekend live show? Not not in quite a while. Are you? What do you do on Sundays? I mean, is that a is that a work free day, or are you willing yeah. to jump on? It's the day of the Lord's rest, dude. I'll it do is. So, but in the <laughs> in the evening after we've been sufficiently rested, I will do the show. What days are you fishing with Frankie? Well, tomorrow for sure, and possibly Saturday. Tomorrow might be a bass day, and Saturday might be a. Crappie day. 
Uh, when do the Browns play this weekend? Oh shoot, the Browns play Sunday, but yeah, but what time? It'll be a it'll be an afternoon game. Okay, let's do Sunday evening. <laughs> All right, let me write this down. So I you okay with that? that? Yeah, I don't care. And then you'll get Thursday off, and then we won't have to worry about it. Sunday Eve live. Man, I have one hair that's like sticking out of my ear. That's not good. That's the first time in my entire life that I've had an ear hair bother me. Dude, we really went down that road. That's how I'm we're just clo- saying. If you that's how we're closing the show. That's how we're closing the show. Scheduling and ear hair. I, I, we've stooped to a whole new level, guys and gals. It is what it is. All right, this has been. Another edition of Day 4 with the man Frank Scalish. We'll see everybody Sunday evening. Sunday evening. For a special day 4 on Day (laughs) (laughs) 0. See ya.